Welcome to the Highline Podcast, where we talk about NASCAR tracks, racing facts, all with a big side of sarcasm. Today's agenda, Las Vegas. Sin City was pretty, pretty sinful for one of NASCAR's top drivers, but we'll get into that later. First, we'll start off with a few of the basic facts. Ryan Blaney, YRB, won the pole. Um, It was three Fords up front. Ryan Blaney, Kevin Harvick made out the front row, followed by Kurt Busch. And then Toyota's first driver was Martin Truex in fourth position. There was a little bit of drama pre-race for Jimmy Johnson and Ross Chastain. Uh, They both failed inspection three times and lost their car chiefs. Both drivers' car chiefs were ejected for the race. Now, I'm not real sure what exactly it is that the car chief does, so it's kind of hard to tell what the impact of losing them for the race is because technically once they get to the track, the car is already set up. And, you know, I don't know how much input the car chief has over the crew chief as far as making changes during the race and during practices and things. So I'm going to do a little bit more research on that to find out just exactly what kind of impact that could have on a team. And it also makes me wonder, would it, is it more, how do I say this? Would it be more detrimental to a team to lose a car chief versus losing a crew chief or pit crew members? They've already cut down on the number of pit crew members with, specific guns and jobs that people can and can't do so you know really at the bare bones as far as pit crew members go so maybe you leave those alone but I'm just wondering how someone like Jimmy Johnson would fare without checking house up on the box for a race versus losing a car chief who's honestly whose name I don't even know so we'll see, but it does look like NASCAR is going to play this straight across the board. If you fail inspection three times, you're going to lose your car chief. Now, it'll be interesting to see if that were to change how people would react. But so this is the second time this has happened so far this season, and it seems like the punishment is going to be the same. So we shall see how that plays out and if these inspection problems keep happening for these teams. Kyle Larson proved that he still got speed in his team. He led all of the, he led the first two practices, uh, topping the speed charts, and he came in second in final practice, where Ryan Blaney took the top spot. As for the race itself, well, Happy Harvick ended back up in. Happy Harvick ended up back in victory lane for the second race in a row. Now, this is something that I was thinking about. After the race, when is the last time that we saw someone win two races in a row? I feel like it's been at least a year or two. Uh, if I'm wrong, someone please tweet at me and let me know. But I'm just, I cannot remember the last time somebody did that. Harvick's domination continued once again. He won the first two stages and then obviously the final stage to end up in victory lane, which coincidentally, is the exact same thing that Martin Truex did last season at Las Vegas, which was his first win of the season. Uh, Kevin Harvick made it win number two. Also, with that win, Kevin Harvick got his 100th win. So he's moving up on the list of all-time winningest drivers. But his Jimmy John's Ford dominated the entire race. 
There were times where he was three, four, five, six seconds ahead of the competition. Even the announcers on the television were talking about how he was basically just playing with him at this point, making it seem like he might be having a little bit of trouble, losing a little bit of speed, only to shoot back away from him once again. I mean, obviously, Harvick is not my guy, and I'd love to see my guy up front, but I can see the complaint that when people just run away with it like that, it's kind of boring. I hate to say that because I also don't want it to be the type of situation where, you know, they just throw cautions to throw cautions and have everybody line up again and play, you know, basically play chicken on the restart to see if there's going to be any more wrecks, but it's just, you know, it's great for the team when they're winning and, you know, they have this huge, not advantage, but this huge, you know, gap over the competition. But what, what, if I know that nobody's car is going to be able to keep up with Kevin Harvick and it doesn't look like there's going to be any more cautions, why do I want to sit and watch the end of it? I don't know. Tell me what you think. What what are your thoughts about it when someone's running away with a race like that and has a three, four, five second lead? D- does it make you want to keep watching? Does it does it entertain you even more? Or do you got do you want to see him throw a random debris caution? Or you know, I love the guys that are about to be a lap down. Oh, I think I see some debris on the track. Really? Do do you really see debris, or do you just need that caution to help you out? Anyway, I'm digressing. I'm getting off my notes here. All right, so Las Vegas is 267 laps. Oh, Happy Harvick led 214. That is well over. That's uh, that's more than two thirds of that's well, that's more than three fourths of the entire race. He led all but what is that? 43? No, he led all but 53 laps. Like goodness, that's a lot of laps to be leading. Um, he was seven. He was several seconds ahead of the field for most of the race. They really just they didn't stand a chance to catch him. Now here's where things get a little bit more interesting for Harvick. So during the race, Chase Elliott's crew chief came over his radio and was heard asking him what Harvick's window was doing. It looked like part of his window was um, concaved in. I, is the most descriptive way I can explain it. There's pictures all over Twitter. It was severe enough that they could even pick up the dent in the back window on television. So, of course, people were talking about it all over Twitter. And then you had the Harvick stands who were, you know, saying everybody was making a big deal out of nothing. Well, it clearly was not nothing. Because on Wednesday, NASCAR announced that they would be issuing a level one penalty to the number four team. Which means... Basically, it's the same as an encumbered win like like Logano had last season, but NASCAR's not using the word encumbered anymore because apparently that was too difficult for some people to understand. And I'm not real sure the exact reasoning why they've gotten rid of the term, but I thought it was pretty clear, you know, it was a terrible thing. You did not want to have an encumbered win. And it's kind of just embarrassing for some people. Joey Logano, his season never recovered from the win that was encumbered last last year. But with that level one penalty, Kevin Harvick will lose 20 driver points and 20 owner points. Not only that, he will lose all seven playoff points that he earned last week. So the five for winning the race and the two single points for winning each of the previous stages. 
So, you know, he's he's still going to be in the chase because he won the Atlanta race. But, you know, where this will come into play is if if he's, you know, seven points out of advancing around in the chase. But we won't know that until we get there and later on into the season. Other penalties were that his crew chief was fined $50,000. But what I did think was interesting was there's no suspension for the crew chief. Now, this is something that I think is interesting and, you know, I think Mike should have played a little bit more of a factor into the repercussions of this penalty is that the number four team was also issued a penalty last week. They got a safety violation because there were not enough lug nuts on the tires after the end of the race. So, you know, that's two weeks in a row and your crew chief isn't penalized for either one of them. I find that a little bit odd. Uh, Rodney Childers, I don't know if they think he walks on water. One thing I did think was super funny out of all this is Daryl Waltrip said in a statement that he didn't think that Rodney Childers would make a move so bold that he couldn't change it post-race, i.e. changing the window, because how are you going to fix that after the race? Well, looks like looks like that was wrong. Looks like that was not the right call. Because that's exactly what happened. But to be more specific, the two violations that they are saying the number four car had was the rear window suspension and the rocker panel extension. So basically what it boils down to is the the rocker panel was not right. And then for the rear window suspension, the brace that is supposed to keep the window rigid at all times either wasn't there, wasn't working Something was wrong with the brace, and that allowed the window to concave in, which then allowed more air to get to the back spoiler, making the car more aerodynamic and an advantage over the other cars in the race. So not all happy Harvick this week, and it looks like they might have to redefine the term Harvicking for a third time. So we'll see if... Harvick appeals this decision at all. I haven't seen anything online saying that they have yet. So if you've seen that they have, tweet at me and let me know. Other bullet points from Las Vegas that I think are important to talk about. Uh, the number the number 12 camp. Other bullet points that were of interest after Las Vegas or from the Las Vegas weekend is that Body Armor announced that they would be the sponsor for the July 7th race at Daytona for the number 12 car of Ryan Blaney. Now, I find this interesting because this is a sports drink, okay? Body Armor is a sports drink. Well, so is Monster Energy the main sponsor of the entire cup division and rumors going around the internet as of right now that monster has not re-signed their contract to sponsor the cup series for 2019. And I feel like I remember several years back there being an issue with, um, uh, with some of the series sponsors and then car sponsors. I believe it was beer Beer companies or phone companies, I think maybe there was a an issue with a, a car for when it was the Nextel Cup. And just I just thought that was interesting to note. Um, and maybe Monster Energy plays well, 
maybe Monster Energy plays well with other sports drink companies, but uh, that's something that we're going to be keeping a lookout for here on this podcast is where the Cup Series sponsor sta- sponsorship stands as we move forward through the 2018 season. So I'm watching you, Monster Energy. Will Harvick be able to pull off a three-peat? Which, good God, I couldn't tell you the last time I remember anybody doing that. Will this level one penalty, you know, be a roadblock for the four-team this season? I don't know. We'll see. He's really, really good at Phoenix. So, I think the odds of that are, are, are slim to none. But we shall see. That's going to be all for this episode of The Highline. I will see you guys back here when we're done with Phoenix, where we'll talk more NASCAR tracks, racing facts, and a whole lot of sarcasm. I'm your host, Raven Fritz. To make sure you stay connected with me and this podcast, be sure to follow me on Twitter at TheRavenFritz. Tweet me if you guys want me to talk about anything, and I will see you guys next week.